Your past doesn't define you. What defines you is what you bring to the present and what you plan to bring to the future. And when I look back on my past, of course, there are, you know, we all have moments where we're like, what were you thinking? And moments that are mistakes and trials and tribulations, but it's taking those trials, tribulations and mistakes and turning them into something positive and learning from those lessons. Welcome to the Wow Factor podcast. I'm your host, Kay. On each episode, I share interviews, insight, and inner thoughts to help you manifest your unique abilities that align passion with purpose. Join me in the conversation as we reveal ways to help you live well, be well, and discover a wealth of wellness. Ava Hill Harner is a survivor, innovator, and woman on a mission. As a suicide attempt survivor, Ava knows firsthand the importance of suicide prevention suicide prevention resources, and mental health education. She has made it her mission to raise awareness globally. As a partner with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the Peyton Heart Project, Ava created Hearts for Hope. Hearts for Hope is a program that provides resources, provides education on the warning signs of suicide, and shares her own story of hope and healing. Hearts for Hope is a program with a series of five presentations geared towards all age groups. While she was hard at work as a speaker and suicide prevention advocate, Ava decided to begin her journey in pageantry. She was crowned Miss North Dakota International in 2019 and went on to become the first Miss North Dakota International to be crowned Miss International 2019. During her time as title holder, Ava was able to share her Hearts for Hope presentations with thousands nationally and internationally in 37 states and three countries. Since passing down the title of Miss International, Ava has begun her new journey starting her own nonprofit called Hope Compass. Hope Compass is a guidebook to hope and healing for survivors of suicide loss and suicide attempt survivors. The purpose of Hope Compass is to provide coping skills, resources, and guide survivors to hope and healing. Along with her work as a suicide prevention advocate, Ava is the owner and operator of Legacy Queens Consulting, pageant coaching consulting business. As a former state and national title holder, she loves having the opportunity to coach young women to advocate for causes close to their heart and help them reach their goals. Ava currently resides in San Clemente, California with her husband Grant and their cat Pringles. In her free time, she enjoys reading, writing poetry, singing, and watching reruns of Supernatural or Criminal Minds with her husband. Thank you, Ava, for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you on the show. I absolutely love how we met, so I want to share (laughs) a little bit of how we met. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) What was it? It was a chaotic... It was like a chaotic Tuesday afternoon when Melanie Iverson called a, called me in. Hey, Kayla, I need to do, can you dance or can you act? And I'm like, yep, I can do all that. I can model. I can do all the things. And then I met you, Ava. And I remember you sang and I remember you just had this beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, and we ended up working on a project together. I'd never met many of the girls and guys in that performance but in the end after we pulled a production together in like 2.3 hours (laughs) right (laughs) it was it was quick and shorter for me because I missed the first rehearsal and I missed half of the first rehearsal (laughs) oh my goodness bless Melanie and their patience yes it was but in in the end it was like we all kind of bonded. And I, I remember we were in the, we were in the dressing room and I was like, we were just kind of chatting about like in between changes and like set changes and everything. Um, we bonded over just some wellness and self-love and, you know, pageantry and just like, it was so fun in the, in the midst of all the crazy, I was like, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And you're like, yeah, (laughs) of course. Why not? It was super fun. So thank you so much for joining me. And I'd love to kind of dive in. Let's, uh, you know, who are you? What (laughs) is your jam? Um, Let's uh, share with the audience a little bit about your background. 
Um, so my name is Ava Hill Harner. I am a suicide prevention and mental health advocate. I actually woke up on a park bench in 2015 after attempting to take my own life. Um, and in that moment, I really knew I had a choice to make. I could continue down the path that I was on, or I could choose a new path and make a difference. And, you know, they got to this day, I chose the latter and decided to pick myself up and make a, a, bunch, a bunch of changes in my life. Um, after going through the recovery and getting the help that I needed, what I discovered is that a way to help myself throughout my recovery was that, you know, I'm a person, I'm a giver, I love to help others. I needed to help others and I needed to share my story. Um, and that became my mission. I partnered with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the Paint and Heart Project. And while partnered with them, I created my own series of presentations called Hearts for Hope. And these presentations are geared toward all age groups from like pre-K to 65 plus. Um, they discuss anti-bullying, cyberbullying, mental health awareness, warning signs, suicide prevention, um, and my story as a suicide attempt survivor. Um, while advocating as a suicide um, advocate and wellness advocate, I actually was encouraged to run in pageants. Um, and looking at me now, if you're watching this or hearing it back, let me tell you, I did not scream pageant. I was you know, tatted and pierced and I still, you know, rock the tattoos and stuff, of course, and had purple and gray hair. I, I mean, I was not the pageant type, but my mother is a former Mrs. North Dakota International and she said, you know what, you have this story, you have this opportunity, you've been working so hard to share your message. Why not, why not get on a stage and, and, you know, regain this confidence that you seem to have lost? And I was like, you are insane. Absolutely not. Um, but then I decided to give it a chance. And the second my first local title hit my head, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I need to be. Um, and I went on to become Miss North Dakota International 2019. And then I went on to become the first Miss North Dakota to become Miss International. Um, and that was probably the greatest honor and one of the best opportunities I've had in my life. I was able to share Hearts for Hope in my story in nearly 40 states and three countries with thousands of students and individuals all over the world. And, you know, kind of here we are talking about uh, my new project and my new initiative that I started uh, just this past year after getting married to my wonderful husband, Grant, and moving out to California. That is an incredible story. And it just, it screams too true to, especially now, as we're in recovery mode from COVID, yes. and we're seeing so much in mental health and mental health struggles and finding our way back to, to being who we're meant to be. And it, you know what, it really struck me when you said, that you needed to give. And it reminded me of a story I heard on a podcast once that, that, you know, we're so, we're so apart right now. We're so, oh, yeah. we're so separated that, but in, in reality, we're, we're meant to be in, in community. And in, when we're, when we're lacking in that, it can cause some, you know, or it can be like a catalyst to some very deep, um, negative places that we find ourselves in. And um, it, it's incredible that you can share your story and, you know, show the world that as a survivor, as a, you know, you have this lease on life again of a, like the second chance to share. Um, what was that like for you kind of, did you know right away or like, how did it manifest for you to want to share your story with others? It was a long process. If I'm being honest, I actually didn't tell a soul that I had been struggling or I was a suicide attempt survivor for nearly two years. I didn't share my story with anyone. And I had come across a few women in my life. Sarah Ducart is still one that I shared my story with first. She was another pageant lady that I came across throughout my years. And she was the first person I ever kind of shared it with and discussed um, my story with. And it encouraged me because, again, I had that chance to be a representative and to speak freely. And I think that's something that is so healing, being able to discuss our inner demons, being able to discuss what we're going through openly um, is healing. And it does so much 
to our wellness by literally lifting just this weight off of us. You know, I, many of us feel like we're covered in a weighted blanket with all of our stressors, all of our, you know, whether it be a mental health condition or we're dealing with financial burden or, you know, all of these things that add up in our day-to-day -day life and being able to just say, you know what, I struggled but I was able to get through it and, and help others get through that process. That's where my story and where Hearts for Hope and where Hope Compass, what I'm working on now comes into play. It gives us an opportunity to, you know, turn that darkness into light, turn it into something beautiful and hopefully help people along the way. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. It's, you know, it just brings me back to even my, like when you mentioned, you know, the struggles and it brings me back to my own struggles and, you know, um, going through those dark places and it can get, it feels like you said, the weighted blanket, there's a, there's a heaviness there. And as much as when we're strong, you know, and we can fight it, it, it that blanket, that heaviness, it's hard to crack that, um, kind of like on your own. So like having that close knit relationships with good mentors, family, friends, it, it can do wonders to just sit down and have a coffee and a real conversation, like yes, <laughs> deep conversation uh, with a good friend or mentor or, or mom, dad, coach, somebody you trust, uh, pastor, whatever it is, just having that. So did, would you say that was like a big part of your um, recovery, redemption, like getting back into who you are was having that support system? Oh, support is huge. Um, and that is something that we focus on in Hope Compass. Um, it's an area for sure in the self-care and the, in the community section is just having that support system. And my family has always been incredibly supportive in everything that I've done. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always been known to be the independent one. I was the one that, you know, she can take care of herself. She's going to move mountains. But when I struggled, and that being part of my identity, that was hard for me to admit that I was struggling. And I finally learned I needed to ask for help and accept that help. And my family has done nothing but support me and, you know, open that conversation up to me ever since. It's just, you know, people who are prideful, perhaps like me, need to allow themselves to open that door up to conversation. And those who, you know, just need someone to ask the questions, you know, are you okay? Um, you're not acting like you usually do. Um, opening that conversation is huge. And that's another thing we discuss in our program is how to start these conversations because, um, you know, it used to be taboo. Even in the last few years, it was taboo. And now it's something that we've realized we need to open up this discussion because that's what saves lives. That's what makes a difference. Isn't that the truth? Um, it's just like being able to talk about it openly in your, you know, in your, in your, not only your nucleus um, and, and your program, but also in workplaces. And yes. um, that's a big one where I'm seeing some, you know, some great strides in integration because it's just the suicide attempts have gone up in the last few years. So I think people are finally, finally getting the point that this is something that needs to be talked about. Like, and in catching people before they're at that point, like when there's that that, that grinding, whatever it is, your work, your like something, even that inner voice that's lying to you. If you get caught up in those, you know, and high achievers and fall into that, or anybody can fall into that negative voice or something happens in your life. That's uncontrolled. You lose a loved one. Something happens, you, you know, in your life that is out of your control and it can send you down a spiral and um, so it's nice to know, you know, that it's an open topic. That's kind of, you know, again, why I'm having this discussion is just to share with people, like, you're not alone. <laughs> exactly. There is help. So can you dive in a little bit more about your new project? I want to, I want to kind of hear about what that's about. Yes. Yeah, so the Hope Compass is a suicide prevention and mental health awareness guide, reference book, and self-guided journal for survivors of suicide loss. So those who have lost loved ones and suicide attempt survivors, or anyone who's just wanting to improve their overall mental health and wellness. Um, my partner, Michaela Szymanski, lost her father to suicide, and I'm a suicide attempt survivor. And we both combined have had many, many years as advocates and members of the mental health community 
Um, and we wanted to take our experiences and our perspectives to make a difference and help others through their recovery and through their mental health journeys. Um, we understand firsthand that first of all, recovery um, and healing, it's not a linear process. You know, we have been through it. We've seen it all. Um, but secondly, it's not a one size fits all system. And what we hope Hope Compass brings to the table is a variety of treatments, coping mechanisms, lifestyle skills, um, and overall skills people can pair with their conventional therapy and conventional medications or treatments throughout their recovery. Um, Hope Compass is divided into four different sections, which is nature, natural remedies, self-care, warning signs, and education. That's where we get that clever name there. Um, and each category of Hope Compass dives into those different treatment methods, coping mechanisms, you know, the lifestyles that I talked about um, to improve that lifestyle and to open up different doors and different things that you may not have considered to add to perhaps your therapy, uh, medication, um, things that you're doing. Um, like I said, it's not only a guidebook, it's also a self-guided journal um, full of different activities, to-do lists, things to help uh, track your progress, track your trends. You know, many people who are grieving the loss of a loved one or recovering from a suicide attempt or just want to um, improve their mental health or struggling with a condition, you know, they repeat patterns, healthy and unhealthy. Um, they have different trends that they go through. And these journal exercises are meant to recognize those trends and to track progress. And to also see, you know, by elimination, you know, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? Um, and that's a huge part of recovery. What works specifically for you? Again, it, it's not that one size fits all, you know, that never applies to anything. I don't know why people try that. <laughs> right? It's like everybody wearing the same size shoe. It just doesn't exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, but also with providing, you know, um, different coping mechanisms and focusing on nature, self-care, things like that. We want to educate. First and foremost, we want to educate people why suicide prevention and mental health is important. Because like you said, it's prevalent. Every 40 seconds, someone dies by suicide. For every suicide, there are 25 attempts and someone attempts suicide every 28 seconds. I mean, this is, you know, we've been talking about pandemics, epidemics. This is, this is one of them. And wow, those numbers, it starts with yeah. education. It starts mm -hmm. with opening up these conversations and it starts with learning the warning signs. And these are, this is what Hope Compass is all about. It's about providing treatments, coping mechanisms and skills that we can take into our daily lives and pair with therapy and educating and providing those warning signs and resources that are necessary. I, I love the holistic approach. Like right away when you name the those four aspects of it, the four pillars. It's so important that we you know it's that holistic approach. I think that's yeah. what really gives people, especially it gives them opportunity to experiment with different methods. Um, like you said, Absolutely. It's not, people it's forget all. that acupuncture, massage therapy. I mean, many of us love massage therapy, oh, but we gosh. don't give it as good for our mental health. Um, but it releases hormones, it releases those dopamines that make us feel better. Um, you know, anything from using natural herbs like ginseng and um, St. John's wort, of course, you know, consulting your doctor if you're on other medic medications, of course. Mm. Um, but just getting out in nature, getting that vitamin D, exposing yourself to your environment, these are all aspects that contribute to our mental health. Um, and then going into self-care as another category or pillar. We think self-care, especially as women, you know, I'm going to eat some chocolate. I'm going to go take a bubble bath. I'm going to do some retail therapy, which of course, that's like some of my favorite self-care <laughs> right there. But self-care is also what are our basic needs? Are we staying hygienic? Are we staying organized? Are we um, utilizing social interaction? And with COVID, that's been a very uh, traumatic thing for people is isolation. And, you know, you need to make sure you're communicating and being social with people. And then self-connection. Are you connecting with yourself? Are you understanding how you're feeling? Are you confident in the person that you are? And how can we get you to where you need to be? Um, focusing on these things, that creates positive mental health and helps you throughout recovery. 100%. I think it's, it's just so important. Those are aspects that I feel like when I'm lacking in one more or more of like those aspects in my life, 
it starts to, it, things start to wobble a little bit. Um, I kind of have a, a, a mental picture. I always go back to is like, a, you know, a top spinning. And when yeah. that top starts to wobble, I'm like, okay, what's off balance. What is the little rock that's sitting on there? That's my block or my, you know, something. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it's simply taking that time for me or, or a conversation with a good friend or something like, and knowing what works best. And it's a lot of self-discovery. And I think what you're creating is kind of helping open the door for people um, thinking, you know, cause it's, it's another day and age we're in this, you know, we see a lot in social media, work hard, work hard, work hard. And like, if you're not working, you're not producing and, and people get very caught up in those expectations. So uh, how do you feel about um, say pop culture, social media culture, and uh, the negative aspects of that? And how do you, how would you give someone uh, like advice or thoughts on managing that constant peck of that social media bite? Oh my goodness. Talk to anyone that knows me. I hate social media. And, you know, I've been a business owner. I've been in the spotlight and the limelight as title holder and, um, you, you know, national, international title holder. So I've had to be in the presence of social media and interviews and things like that for so long. And that does have a huge effect on your mental health because there's no stopping that comparison factor. My mother loves to call it the Mountain Dew effect because there wasn't social media back in the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, she would watch commercials and like, why is everyone else having so much fun? Why, why are they living in mansions and, and doing this and that and the other thing? And why am I not? Um, and, and that's been expanded and, and inflated throughout social media. You see your next, next door neighbors going to Mexico while you're sitting on your couch in your pajamas and you're like, why is that not me? Mm -hmm. um, and even when I, I was perceivably the person that had it all, you know, you see the crowns behind me right here and um, this beautiful life that I had, I would still look at other people and think, you know, I'm not doing enough. I'm not making enough of a difference. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. um, something that helped me for sure is putting the phone down, put that phone down, set time limits. You have that fancy iPhone. There's a time limit setting and set it. It makes such a difference. Um, and understanding that we all put our best foot forward. No one wants to air their dirty laundry on social media. We tend to forget that, you know, people are showing us their absolute best, which is great. Like you go, show me all of your awards, show me everything you've accomplished. That's amazing. But we need to look at it from the perspective of, you know, we don't know what's happening behind that screen. Mm -hmm. um, and so my advice to anyone, um, again, set those time limits put the phone down, sit and be with yourself, be content with where you're at, but don't grow complacent. You know, you're, you're fine where you are. You are worth it where you are. You are amazing where you are, but don't be afraid to grow, but don't be afraid of that growth either. And don't feel that it's forced upon you to grow either. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And it's, it's like, we can kind of, I know myself, um, I can get, see a social media and then I can get caught up and think, you know, that's my pursuit too, or I'll, I'll kind of like latch onto somebody else's pursuit and say, Oh, this is the next thing I need to try. And it, it can get very clouded. I, you know, if I'm on it too much, I can get very clouded. It's a wild thing. Now, fast forward. It's, it's been a while now you're feeling you're, you've been in a really great place. How do you feel now looking back at the last five years? Like, how do you feel in, in yourself differently now than you did before? Holy cannoli. So many, I know. So many <laughs> you know, I look back, um, at 19, I'm 24. I look back at 19 year old Ava and I'm just so grateful for those experiences. You know, there are certainly circumstances that could have been avoided and, and things that I wish I could change. But a part of me knows that if I would have changed them, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have gone through what I did, that I wouldn't have become the advocate for suicide prevention that I am. I, I wouldn't have been Miss North Dakota. I wouldn't have been Miss International and have been able to travel the world sharing my story and resources. I wouldn't be with my amazing husband, Grant, and have my wonderful cat Pringles, who's batting at the door as we speak. 
Um, (laughs) They just, he's a lover. He can't be away from me. Um, My, my biggest piece of advice and mantra that I go back to continually, you know, if I'm sitting doubting myself, you know, I was doubting myself starting this new project, even in the last couple days, like, oh my gosh, I'm finally releasing this and I'm terrified. But then I went back to, you know, your past doesn't define you. What defines you is what you bring to the present and what you plan to bring to the future. And when I look back on my past, of course, there are, you know, we all have moments where we're like, what were you thinking? And moments that are mistakes and trials and tribulations, but it's taking those trials, tribulations, and mistakes and turning them into something positive and learning from those lessons. Um, So yes, I'm forever grateful to 19-year-old Ava, but sitting here as 24-year-old, you know, business owners, Miss International, published journalist, um, program creator and, and content creator. It's it's amazing to think how those puzzle pieces come together. And that plan was set for a reason. Mm, that's amazing. I It's so inspiring just to hear your story and where you're at and so young to be growing and, you know, being on that path. When I was around your age, I was in kind of a dark place, actually. I was I was there, you know, and we've all kind of go through those ebbs and flows in life. And I feel like it's people like you who are sharing and being vulnerable and sharing their stories and sharing that, like, this isn't who, this isn't what defines me. This is where I can grow from and turning those trials into triumphs for people and to see for yourself as well. It's incredible. I think it can save people from themselves to get that spark, if one person hears you at one event and it changes the trajectory of their life for the positive, I mean, that's gotta be the most incredible feeling too. Oh, that was something that, you know, all of this artwork, if you're watching, you see behind me, these are all gifts and drawings from people that I've met throughout my speaking engagements, throughout my tours. And I, you know, I would think, am I reaching anyone in this presentation? Is anyone listening? And then I would have, you know, literally a line out the door of teens and and children that wanted to speak to me, you know, and I would hear, I would hear it all. And it would be heartbreaking. These stories of of kids younger than I was struggling. And um, even now I I still get messages on my pages of people like I was in your presentation in 2019, 2016, whatever. And I want to say thank you for sharing this information and sharing your story. I'm now doing this because of what you said. And Mm. um, we never realize the impact we're making when we're there. Um, but it's been an incredible honor being able to, well, like we said earlier, you know, sharing my story, that's why we do it is, is I hope that it impacts at least one person. Um, but, you know, again, we have that chance to make a difference. We have that chance to change lives and, I'm forever grateful that I took that chance and I'm taking that chance again with, with this new project with my partner. Oh, that's incredible. And I I just love your drive and determination. It's, it's so motivating. It's infectious. And I feel that that's such a thing we need right now is to hear not just the, you know, we hear a lot of um, toxic positivity and I love that there's authentic people out there doing and saying authentic things saying I've been in the, I've been in the trenches. This isn't, mm-hmm. it, this isn't like, Oh, I have this thing. I just did it. No, it's like, I went through the trenches to the level and it, it, it just is so inspiring. I think it just makes it, it, it makes it human and makes it relatable. And I feel like other people can latch on. So important. I think that's a very important thing. You know, we talked about social media is perfection is not real. Mm-hmm. And something I wanted to promote, especially as a, as a beauty queen was I am not perfect. I have my faults, my insecurities, all, you know, my scars, my mistakes. And that was something that I was known for as a title holder. I was one of the first ones with tattoos and I don't have very many. I was the first one to flat out say, you know, I have struggled. I have made mistakes. I am not perfect. I am someone who has had to work really hard to be where I am. Um, And there's something so refreshing that I've seen online lately of people just being open and being honest, taking away those filters and um, being raw. 
um, it's so refreshing to see that because again, there's that effect of perfection and it's just not real. It's not real. And I, that's one thing I hope for the younger generation that they realize is that's not real. What's real is right here, how you feel, what you're doing, what you're creating uh, right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And it's something that I, you know, I think about it too. Like you can download Photoshop on your phone nowadays. It's, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all the things. And um, so it's very true. And I, I am seeing an influx of realistic, like more real things on social media. Like people are posting real body posts, which I, I find it and they make it fun. They make it funny. It's like, check out my, you know, this is me for Instagram. This is me in reality. And I find that to be so refreshing that, you know, it, it just gets, it kind of brings you back to like those, those, those conversations with a close girlfriend, like where you guys are raw and real. And you're like, my body did this the other day. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like I feel you girl. <laughs> Oh yeah. There's a definite need for that for sure. <laughs> I agree. Um, what kind of like, let's take into account now you were, you're from North Dakota. I love that. I'm also a North Dakota girl. Yes. How has it been transitioning to living in California? How have you felt it's impacted it's, your life? So we have a very, um, unique, lifestyle. My husband is a Marine. He's actually away right now doing his, his thing. So I haven't seen him since March, but, um, we moved out here in January after getting married in November. Um, he had just gotten back from a deployment, uh, in the Middle East. And we had a very quick wedding with just our family and close friends. And we were then again, separated at right after the wedding and then moved down here. And, um, you know, it, it was tough. I'll be honest, leaving my family, leaving my friends. I left all of my jobs. I was working three different jobs at the time. And there was so, so much change, you know, everything from my name to where I lived, you know, instead of looking at endless amounts of snow, I can see the ocean from my office. That's not a complaint for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, that feeling of having the carpet just pulled out from underneath you is hard, even, even when you are a grown married adult. Um, so when I kind of sat down and thought about the things that I had done, you know, I just came off of having a international pageant title. I was on top of my career at home. I was working as a paralegal. Um, I was doing all these things and established. And then all of a sudden things changed. I was like, okay, I need to stop comparing to what my life was and start creating something of where my life is now because going, I couldn't go back. And I think that was hurting me. Like inside, I was like, oh my gosh, what would I would give to go back? And I was, had to stop myself and say, hey, 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 wait, you have this gorgeous Marine husband. You have this beautiful home. You have this opportunity to now turn what you were doing into something new. And that's where Hope Compass kind of came into play. It's like, I still wanted to continue speaking. I still wanted to continue being an advocate. I just needed to figure out a way how to do that. And that's how my partner, Michaela and I, um, found each other again. We worked together through other nonprofits and we decided, you know what, why not create our own thing? And Hope Compass was something we both believed in, you know, like you mentioned, we believed in certain aspects of holistic treatments and we believed in the self-care aspects of, you know, taking care of our basic needs and taking care of um, ourselves in different ways and taking our own mental health journeys into account when creating it. And also realizing, you know, we want to educate and we want to present those warning signs um, because, you know, she says all the time speaking that her father, when he passed, he was a prime example of sharing warning signs and no one knew them. Um, and so we took all of this change and again, all of these crazy things that were happening and we decided to make something positive out of it. And um, that's what's been happening. And we're really excited to launch hopefully by the end of the year officially. That's amazing. I'm so excited and um, definitely, definitely keep us in the know of, of that. I just find it so inspiring too that, you know, it, we have, we have a lot in common in like in that quick meeting we had when in that um, <laughs> event, I, I had a, a few things that I connected with you because um, I had just gotten back from living in Austin for the last four months. And it was, I, I, I totally see what you mean by that rug being pulled and even though, you know, we made the decision to do it, we, you know, it happened so fast. And when you got, when you, I'm definitely an engager, a communicator, I love to have call it like solid conversations. But when I was there, 
I, for a little while, I didn't have anybody, I didn't physically friends, plus COVID made it even harder. And you go into it, you kind of recruit and it's like so important, like, like what you did kind of like overcoming that, you know, you know, connecting with your partner and creating a project for yourself. Um, do you have advice for people who are maybe struggling to launch? Like if they're in that place of uncertainty and they have maybe an idea in the back of their head, do you have any tips or tricks or thoughts on how to pursue that despite the feeling of the loneliness or the seclusion? How do you, how do you feel to move forward from that? In terms of starting a new project or starting, you know, a new business, you know, we live in such a, you know, we, we talked about the negatives of social media, but we live in such an amazing world where we can start businesses from our home and we can start new opportunities from our home. Um, and the bottom line, it's just do it. You know, I had to build up the courage to share a video before this, <laughs> that we were officially um, starting our project and starting our organization. And I was terrified because it's like, well, now it's official. Uh, so I better, better hustle on it. But, um, you know, I've started business in the past. I was a multimedia makeup artist and I worked on film sets all over the world. And again, it was something I just, you had, you have to start somewhere and getting over that fear of what people are going to think, because in, in all actuality, and this sounds rather harsh, people are egotistical. They are focused about what's going on around them and their lives and their family. And if you make a mistake and falter, unless it's catastrophic, uh, <laughs> people will not notice or care or judge you in any way. They'll be proud of you for making that chance and making that decision to go for it. Um, but as far as, you know, if you're moving to a new location and you're trying to just get yourself out there and get out of a rut, um, I, I would consider I was kind of in a rut, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere I knew I was in this new house. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I'm by myself because, you know, if you're a military spouse, that's just kind of the way it is, you know, they're away. It's what you sign up for, but it's not always fun. Um, I had to take you know, what I was writing down in Hope Compass, you know, I needed to get outside. I needed to, I started running again. I'm not a big runner, but you know, now I'm into it because I love it and it gets me outside and I get to meet new people. Um, I connected with my family. I made sure I was talking to them all the time. I talked to my mother on my walk every single day. Um, staying busy, join clubs, get yourself out there. And I know that's hard. You know, I'm someone with anxiety. I'm someone who struggles to connect with people, but it's forcing yourself to put yourself in those circumstances. You know, I joined a new church and new communities, different things like that, that can help push you just a little bit further. I, I encourage you every day to just take on a little, little thing that scares you one little thing. And today it was posting that video, making this whole, whole thing move forward. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such great advice. I absolutely agree with you. It's a, even if it's something little, that's like do something that scares you every day, just a little scary, a little bit out of that comfort zone and do it right away. Like get it done in the morning, get it done or whenever you have peak brain power uh, that, that looks different for different people. But for me, it's like this morning I got out for that run that I hadn't done in a long time. And it was, it felt so good. It felt so accomplished when I was finished and I was listening to another great podcast during, during that run. And, you know, she was talking about how she lists her things. She puts a sticky notes, old school sticky notes and yes. writes her list of to do's and tackle the big stuff first, the hard stuff, the scary stuff, um, to grow forward faster. And I, I, couldn't agree more with you on that. That's a huge aspect. We actually have to-do lists on our, uh, in our guidebook, because that gives you a sense of accomplishment. It, it literally changes your, your brain and how you function when you make that list and you cross something off and you know, I, if I didn't get anything else to done, it, done today, at least I did this, at least mm -hmm. I got this done. Um, you know, that stuff is so important to just take on those little tasks and challenges every day. You know, especially when a lot of people are out of work due, due to COVID and things like that, you know, we're stuck in our houses. You still have to have structure, have some organizational skills to follow through with throughout your day, or, you know, you feel a little, little incomplete and a little discombobulated, um, perhaps. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And it's even, it's like, you know, kind of going back to the COVID thing, there are times where 
we've all had those days or many of us have had those days where getting out of bed is the accomplishment or, you know, keeping those simple things, keeping the things that don't feel like work sometimes, like at least start there. Like, like, like for me praying in my prayer journal, when I do it, my day is so much better moving my body, whether it be a yoga class or a a full on run, you know, whatever, you know, some sort of movement, get up, roll your shoulders a little bit. First thing I do when I wake up every morning, I open my door and my fur baby is ready to (laughs) cuddle. So I give her a little cuddle. (laughs) She can't wait. So it's like having that kind of rhythm, like something positive to start your day, whether it be an animal or a phone call with a parent journaling, you know, praying, whatever it is like to do those things first, even, even on the tough days, if you can do those things that are, they're simple, but they're impactful and they're meaningful. Well, and something, um, and it's a speech I think about all the time. I should know this because, you know, my husband's military, but it is a, a military member giving this beautiful speech and it starts with make your bed. Mm-hmm. You know, accomplishments and greatness starts with making your bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I do to this day, even on my worst days, you know, when nothing's going right, I still make my bed because it's one thing to accomplish. It's one thing that you did. Um, and it starts your day off right. And there are certain things. And that's another thing, you know, in our guidebook, it's like, find these things that work for you to make you feel well. And for me, making my bed, making my probably way too many cups of coffee throughout the day um, reading, um, doing these things all the time and being consistent with it. These are the things I need to do to feel well and to feel whole and to feel like I can function. Um, and that's something that we put into this guidebook and and journal is what are the things that are going to help you throughout your recovery, but throughout your lifestyle as well, because, you know, we all, whether you have a mental health condition or have lost a loved one or have struggled yourself, we all have our times where it's like, what's going on in my head? What are we doing? Um, and we need to kind of get back on track and figure out, you know, what's what's the unbalanced piece here? You know, am I spending too much time focusing on work? Am I um, not connecting with my spouse? Am I, you know, focusing too hard on one thing and not the other? And I, am I not taking care of myself? Um, and so it's recognizing these things and figuring out, okay, I need to start making that bed again. And I need to start doing these things again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so true. It's like the days that I keep my, and it's the simple things it's, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, self-care. Oh, I need to go to a spa resort for three days and shut off my phone. Well, sometimes in life, those are called for, but other times simply, you know, maybe make it a point to not get on your phone for the first 30 minutes of your day, or, you know, make your French press coffee. If you want to make your tea, have a glass of water, whatever it is, it's these, it's the little things done every day that can create a consistent, healthy balance. Exactly. Exactly. I can't agree with that more. People, (laughs) People take those things for granted. You know, those little things that just make your day so much better. You need to do those for yourself. And granted, you know, that self-care of, like you said, going to the spa for three days is amazing and certainly needed. Um, (laughs) I I would give anything for that right now. Um, But that self-care also goes to, you need to do your dishes. You need to do your laundry, bathe, you know, people who struggle with mental health conditions, you know, you forget your basic hygiene. Um, and so you have to do those things because you deserve that. You deserve to be in a clean home um, where you can have a clear mind and clear headspace. You deserve to have um, your hair done and, and your, you be clean and wear clean clothes. You know, all of those things go back into that self-care where, again, we always think of chocolates and shopping and all of that fun stuff. But sometimes self-care needs to go back to its very, very basic, um, just finding even that stability in our lives, whether it's work at home. Um, in our schedules and our routines, you know, all of that goes back into just find what works, what doesn't, where you need to put that attention um, to make you feel well. Mm, that is so true. It, it kind of brings me to just this week. I've been feeling a little disjointed in some bigger things and I've had this 
pile of laundry sitting in my bedroom for very quite a few days now. <laughs> and this morning I got up early. I didn't have a nor I didn't have a workout this morning. I had it this evening. So I had a little bit of extra time and I took and I conquered that pile of laundry. And it's yeah. it sets your day just to just to kind of knock out some of those things. Sure. Absolutely. You know, um again, like yesterday was an example. I just felt discombobulated. I even called my mom. I'm like, why can't I get it together today? You know, we all have those days that there's nothing in particular. You're just like off, off a little bit. And it was one of those days for me. And I decided, you know, I'm not being productive sitting here at my desk. I'm going to get up. I'm going to deep clean my entire house. And then I'm going to sit back down and see if that helps. And it was one of those, like, I just needed to get my house back in order. Not that like it was crazy to begin with, but sometimes you just need to do those things, um, to get back on track. And today the self-care was, I was nervous about some meetings I had today. And I had this podcast, which I was super excited about, but I called my friend and I said, you know what, you want to go get a cup of coffee and, and do some retail therapy with me to just get me out of this mind space. And that's a perfect example of one day I needed that basic needs self-care. And today I just needed to get a sugary coffee and enjoy time with my friend. Oh, those are the best days. I have a girlfriend I do that with often too. And it's, it's, um, yes, it's like Monday. I went and got my hair done with a, a good friend of mine and my stylist were all really good friends. And it's just incredible what those, the simple things can do. And especially good conversation. I feel like even the most introverted of people <laughs> <laughs> needs a conversation here and there. It really does. Absolutely. Help. I mean, people, um, don't understand the importance of real communication. And I, I have to emphasize real for our Gen Zers who are constantly on their phone and staring at a screen because yes, that is good. You know, I, I am someone, again, military spouse, I get so excited to get a text. Um, Cause again, I haven't heard from my husband in weeks um, and that's normal. So I get so incredibly excited to see texts on a screen from him, but that real communication face-to-face -face, um, having actual social interaction, even if you're not speaking, even if someone's just next to you, having that real connection, interaction, communication makes all the difference. Um, and then especially, like you said, having meaningful conversations that aren't just, you know, in the Midwest, you always talk about the weather because it's ever-changing. Here, we don't have that. You can't talk about the weather in California because it's always sunny in 75. So there, that takes takes that out of the equation. So I had to learn new small talk when I moved. That's the other cultural difference. Um, but have those conversations, you know, don't be afraid to go up to your friend and say, hey, you know, are you, are you doing okay? Are you, do you need to talk about something? Or maybe if there's someone like my brother, who's a little harsher, be like, you're kind of acting like a jerk. Do you want to tell me something? What's going on with you? You know, open up, open up those conversations because they're needed, especially in times like this, where the world is at such a high frequency and, you know, people are so sensitive to things, no matter what it is. And, you know, I feel like everyone's just on edge and not only do we need to grant each other some grace, first of mm. all, and my word of the year is grant, grant me grace, grant everyone grace, but, um, you know, open that conversation, have some compassion, um, you know, and, and see things from a different perspective. And that starts with real solid communication. Mm, that is so true. That is like my biggest thing too, is I just love a good deep conversation and it's therapy for me. It's therapy for them. And it, it really does make a big difference. I agree. And, um, that is something I think during the pandemic or during, you know, if we're, I feel like, you know, when I, at my job, I'm in a, we're all kind of in our little, uh, computer zones and finding now we're finding that connecting, reconnecting again has been so helpful for the office just to sit down and have some real conversations. So um, so it's been, it's been a joy too to just like dive back into my podcast and have great people on and share conversations. Cause there's, if there are times where we can't have conversations, I, I listen to a podcast and I feel myself, I'm responding like, Hey, yeah. I feel you. Like I'm in the shower listening to a podcast and I'm responding and it, you still get that connectedness. So finding ways, you know, despite the lack of, you know, the partness that we have right now, 
Absolutely. Um, something that I found interesting is uh, I was like, wish I could remember the YouTuber, but she said something that helps with mental health. Talk to yourself, um, especially if you're someone who lives alone. And I lived alone up until I got married. And so I, I would. And it sounds crazy to think like, oh, you're talking to yourself. But no, I would talk myself through my thoughts and my tasks. And it helps you clear, clear your brain and it helps you formulate your different ideas. And um, it's good for you. Like you said, if you can't get to that physical communication and that's all communication with another there there are ways to get around that like talking to your podcast I love that I think that's I think that's so helpful and something I didn't even think about um but that can be a huge different to your mental health and well-being mm, it's so important and pets too like I talked to Liza you, you probably <laughs> talked to Pringles <laughs> oh I talked to Pringles I, I mean he probably just heard his name so I probably shouldn't have said it but oh my gosh he's like having a little human in the house all the time with me we have full-on conversations he answers back he's he's a chatty cat so if you have a chatty cat you understand mm-hmm. but yeah that's the best thing for babies love them they're so great I'm you know this has been such a great conversation I've absolutely loved having you on and I just want to share with the audience in kind of a wrapping up, how can they follow you, your projects, your initiatives? How can they get involved? Do you have any URLs, Facebook, anything you want to share? You're still in the very beginning developmental stages of actually developing a solid program. So as soon as we have our handles and our websites ready to be released, we will certainly do that. But if you want to follow me personally, I'm uh, Ava underscore Harner on Instagram or Ava Hill Harner, I believe on Facebook. I have no idea what that handle is, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, again, beginning stages. So we're solidifying the program and we'll release all of the information and websites and YouTube channels when we can. Oh, wonderful one. We'll definitely have to have you up for a follow-up uh, podcast when you're ready to launch and Absolutely. really share. I would love that. That'll be amazing. I'd love to have you back. Thank, thank you so much for your time. And we'll link everything for Ava up in the show notes, you guys. And in closing, I would love to do a final question. If there is one piece of advice that changed your life that you want to share with somebody else, what would that piece of advice be? It's a big question. You can take as long as you need. You know, I I said it before in this podcast, but it's something that has carried me through a lot of things is that your past doesn't define you, what you bring to the present and what you bring to the future is what defines you. Um, Truly in my life, I have had a lot of things change my life and pageantry was one of them. And I know there's a lot of negativities on it, but one crown can't change the world, but one crown changed my world forever. And and I ask you this in the sense of what is your crown? What's going to motivate you to be the change and make a difference in this world? Whatever that is for me, it was a crown, but whatever it is for you, hold on to that and move forward with it and crush your goals with it and make a difference because we all have that in our life. You just need to find it and roll with it. Oh, that is beautiful. That is so well said and so empowering. And thank you so much, Ava. I've absolutely loved our conversation. It's been so good to reconnect with you and share a little bit about your story and your motivation with the audience. So Thank you everyone for tuning into the wow factor. I've love, love, love this episode. I'm hoping you got a lot out of it as I did, and we will see you guys next time. If you've liked what you heard on today's podcast, be sure to send this episode to anyone you know who might find it valuable. If you want to dive in deeper and learn more about our guests and interviews, check out bewellwithwow.com or follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore does. Please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you or someone you love are in need of help, be sure to seek help from a licensed professional. Thank you again for tuning in to the Wow Factor podcast.